Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Courtney Haig. We talked about her journey into competing in triathlons, how she found the time to chase after big goals, the Ironman, and so much more. Enjoy today's interview with Courtney Haig. Courtney Haig, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Thank you for having me. I was a little shocked to get invited. <laughs> happy to happy to have you on. I begin every podcast, and it's funny, I know the answer to this question with every one of my guests. You're the first one I don't know the answer to. How was your most recent run? Usually it's easy for me to hop on a Strava and see what the guest did that day or that week. You don't have a Strava account. When was your most recent run and how did it go? It was this morning. I did 10 miles and it went good. Yeah, I went early because I had a busy day and I like to get it. I like to be done with everything by nine. So, yeah. (laughs) Are are you someone that wakes up and and first thing you're kind of out the door? Do you need a little like lag time, a little prep time to to maybe eat something, get some coffee? And yeah, how does it how does the routine work for you in the morning? I used to be able just to do that. Now I have to have coffee. Like I wake up and about 30 minutes, then I'm like, okay, I'm good. I can go. Yeah. I have to have coffee now. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I need, I usually need like a half pot, I would say. And sometimes (laughs) it's even more than, I mean, certainly on like a race day, you know, that can be all sorts of weird, but yeah, most, most mornings it's at least a half pot. Are you training for anything right now? I am. So I'm going to do a marathon in October. Usually I'm doing like, you know, I'm, I did a lot, I do a lot of triathlons and this summer. It's kind of funny. I'm not doing any. So first summer in 10 years, God, is it 10 years? No, probably 12 years that I'm not doing any triathlons. I just needed a mental, physical well-being break. (laughs) So I'm just running. I took on a new job and said, you know what? Running is so easy and just quick and efficient. And I hadn't run an open marathon in four years. I've ran many marathons off, you know, off the bike. And so I haven't done an open marathon in a long time. So I wanted to do another one. Can oh, I actually, I did and- a marathon last year. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you've didn't you, you finished first place, I believe, marathon. among women, right? Yeah. And it was a terrible day. Worst day of the whole year. It was terrible. We're, oh, gosh. I forgot I did that one. <laughs> I wanted to put it out of my mind. Uh, yeah, I looked. I was looking uh, just kind of at, at some of your recent history with running or, or competing in triathlons, and that was the last race that I could find. And it had a couple of pictures attached for you because you won among the yeah. women, and then it had the winner for the guys' side as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, that looks like one of the worst days possible. You guys were just soaked, and it was gray, and it was obvious that it had been pouring. Yeah, it was bad. And like, I lost my AirPods. I don't know how many times and I would turn around and go get them because I just had to have like, I usually don't need music. But I was like, I have to have music today just to get me through this day. And um, I planned on doing I wanted to do Boston with that. But I didn't want to do Boston this year. And then this was the first year they didn't do a two year kind of thing. Um, no, or maybe it wasn't that way. I think I just got it all messed up. So I ran the darn thing and I was like, gosh, darn it. I re- like had the most miserable day and I didn't even get any like satisfaction, out of it. but I did win the darn. It. it was my first run race that I ever won. So 
you, you mentioned it, Courtney, a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. You, it was, a, you it was a small field. You, you've, you've participated in triathlons, including the Ironman in Hawaii. We're going to talk about that. But like when you think of yourself growing up, were there the, were there signs that like this is what you yeah. would ultimately start doing, whether it was you loved swimming, swimming, you loved running, you loved biking? Did you love all three of those growing up? No. So growing up, I grew up on a small town, small farm in um, Illinois. And I was just always an athlete growing up. Like I was a, I was a basketball player and, but always had a lot of endurance. Like, um, I remember I'd run track and they would always get me to try and run the longer ones, like 400, 800s. Like I just had a little bit more endurance. I can, I can just hold a longer pace than like a sprint, right? Like I can just endure just a little bit. Um, so I thought I was going to play basketball in college. Like that's what I thought I was going to go do. And I, um, didn't. (laughs) And so when I went to college, I was like, I, I just liked always fitness and nutrition and everything. So I was like, I'm going to take up running. And college is when I started running a lot. And I would say like, I didn't know how, like how to train myself, right? You just start running. And I was like, okay, I'm going to run five miles a day. And um, I just remember this route at University of Northern Iowa. I would just run it. And then when I met my husband, we did like the big seven in um, Iowa or yeah, Iowa. And then when we got married, I, the, the year we got married, I wanted just to make a goal of running a marathon And the first time I ran it, I just, I knew I was, you know, I had a good pace. I was decently fast. And I think I qualified for Boston the next year we went to it, um, went to Boston. And then after he, he actually took up triathlon and I had a couple injuries and he's like, Courtney, you'd be really good at triathlon. And so when we had our first son was when I took it up. So I was kind of felt like late to the game. And so like my worst sport swimming, I'm not a terrible swimmer, but like, if you didn't grow up swimming, you're not really actually that good. Right. So that was something I really had to put a lot of time into. Um, and I'm a decent swimmer. I can make my way through it. Um, but yeah, I just started taking up triathlon and found out I was really good. Like I could be really good at each discipline and, still win a race, right? Like I would always come off out of the water just slightly behind. And then I catch everybody on the bike and then I would just maintain and be able to suffer through the run. So yeah, that's kind of how it came about. Um, I would say that the half Ironman distance is probably my favorite and my best distance. Um, it's kind of funny. I run faster off the bike than I do in an open race, which is absolutely ridiculous. That's wild. (laughs) I know. Um, when I turned 40 was my best half Ironman distance. I did a sub 130 off the bike and I could never run that in an open half. Like it's, it's really dumb. I don't know what it is. I think my body just, um, knows that pace. And it's been just ingrained and just knows that effort off the bike, if that makes sense. Because I've been doing it for like 10 years. So it's just like an ingrained, like quick turnover step. And your body just, I think the longer the race, the better I do. So, yeah. 
So the the bug, it just it kind of bit you over over time with you know you mentioned running and when you got into that and then suddenly you're getting mm-hmm. into doing all three of these things. It, it just seemed like whether it was that you were a natural or falling in love with it, it just kind of happened in, in succession of each other. Yeah, like so in Minnesota in 2000, so my son was born in 2006. In 2008, in like 2009, triathlon was huge and very ultra competitive here. And like, there was a guy who would blog about us. Um, and it was just very competitive and triathlon was very big in 2010. Like, um, and it was all about the equipment, right. And the bike, what kind of bike do you have and the speed and, um, how aerodynamic can you be? Um, and so it did, it, it bit me. Cause I was like, I'm pretty good at this. Like, I, you know, a couple of people are like, are you going to turn pro? And I'm like, no, like, but you know, if I, if I think about it, like back then, maybe I could have, but like, I, for me, I was like, I'm going to get beat by like local people. Sometimes there's no way I'm going to ever turn pro, but like some people do in, in triathlon, some people do go that professional route. Cause like, there's a capability of, you know, maybe placing 15th in the pro fields, but you're still, um, you still could get beat by amateurs, right? Um, so, yeah, it just kind of bit me. I kind of became obsessed with it a little bit. Because um, just because you can always get a little bit faster, especially like your bike, um, the way that you are, you know, like I said, more aerodynamic. You can always get better in the swim. Um, and so I would train a lot. And you put, you know, obviously the more you put into it, the better you're going to get. But then I also had some injuries too. Um, And that's why with triathlon, I think it helped me um, balance those injuries out. Cause I would, I have very probably an obsessive personality. Um, Like today it's, I need to take a day off running. Like after my run today, I was like, man, I need a day off. Like, but like to me in my head is like, no, you're trained for a marathon. You run six days a week, right? So I have to just say I'm almost 45, like I'm 44, and I have to remember that it's okay because the older you get. But that's why triathlon, it's it is a it's it kind of it's an obsessive game to play a little bit. And so my husband would help me take a little bit of a step back, like you're a mom, you know, <laughs> but I would get up super early and I would make sure everything's done for my kids. Um and that's maybe why I probably had some injuries. I wasn't taking care more of myself, right? Um, but I had, I had just, I had just great success with it. Like I said, the half Ironman distance. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I just that fifty-six mile bike. I can, I play games in my head of like, okay, twenty more miles, you go, take it up one more mile, like just you know, and then at the end of the run, you're just like five miles steady then you know five miles you go after it and then the last three miles it's pushed until you can't right so and it's all about the nutrition too I think I you you have to have so many calories on the bike or your run will suffer so it's very um I think I like math and so it was very mathematical to me too to re to make sure I had um so many grams of carbohydrates on the bike and I drink so much and 
Then I was like, okay, beet juice. I'm drinking bike. I'm drinking beet juice on the bike. And let's see how that affects my run. And I would like PR on the run. So then it was like beet juice is the thing. <laughs> so yeah, lots of fun things I would, I would play out. You meant you mentioned him because so I'm getting married next month. And one of the things that I've talked about a lot on yeah. this podcast and in my newsletter is the supportive nature that she has been in my life is as because my, my journey really goes back to like 2020, right before the pandemic and just throwing myself into a lot of this stuff and, you know, chasing after these goals. And I've, I've hit I've hit the biggest goal that I had. And now I'm kind of trying to reevaluate what I want to do next and how helpful she has been. As I'm reading up on your story earlier this week, I'm just thinking, wow, she had to have an incredible partner to support her through this, not to mention mm-hmm. she also has children. What 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 has he been like throughout this process? Because I know also on your honeymoon, you end up in Hawaii, no idea that the Ironman is taking place, yes. and you see that, and I just, I have to imagine that like all of this is just, it, it sticks together incredibly well for you. It does. So I should go back. So yeah, we went to Hawaii. We went to the big island and that's where my husband actually got, oh, this is really cool. I want to do this. And I was like, I just want to run. This is dumb. You know, um, and, I was, and but we saw the G- Ironman championship and, um, and just, you know, just the scene, these, I, I was obsessed with the look of people. Like we were seen in the hotel where these tanned athletic people were walking out and I'm like, yeah, maybe this is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man, they look really good, you know? Cause as a runner, you're kind of skinny and a little flabby too, right? Like you can be skinny fat as a runner. You can, um, yeah. but then tra- these triathletes like toned upper body, like, and I've never been this like super thin, like runner, I guess I would say, I've always been, have a strong body, right? So that's why I'm, I'm a strong biker just because I have very strong legs. And so, yeah, after um, we went to the big Island, we saw this and that's where my husband got, got really involved in it. And he's like, he was super supportive. So, but the funny part of it, the first time we both did an Ironman was the same year. I don't know how we did it. So he did, I qualified at, um, Madison, Wisconsin. The first time I did an Ironman, I was, um, my son was, gosh, was he one? Yeah, he was one. And I fell apart in that race. I was leading it and then I got dehydrated. I ended up going to the ER and getting a, um, I don't even know how I made it to the finish line. I had a decent time, but like my body was just trashed. And I, I was just super dehydrated and had to get a IV in me for like three hours the next day. Um, and then I changed up my nutrition and my plan the following year, um, back to Madison, Wisconsin and qualified to do the Ironman world championships the following year in Kona in 2014. But my husband, when my husband said to me, so my father-in-law was turning 60 that same year. And he's like, Courtney, my dad really wants to do an Ironman with me. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm doing Kona, dude. Like there's no way we're both going to be able to do this. Um, but we did. Um, but he also is a, he's also an athlete too. So he gets it. Like he's done, um, dirty Kansas. I don't know if you know what that is. It's in Kansas and it's like a 200 mile gravel bike race. So He's also, he, we support each other. We will, 
we never got to go on long bike rides with each other because we had kids at home. So one of us would do it one day, the next day, the other person would have to get up early and do it. Um, But he's always been super supportive and he always knew like not to be, he was like, you're the better athlete. You get to go, (laughs) you get to go more often. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, back like I said, back in 2010, I used to make money winning races. Like they used to pay out amateurs. I remember I made like a thousand dollars winning a race once. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) And they don't do it anymore, but that's why there was the competition there. Um, So yeah. And then 2014, we did it. I have not done an Ironman since. I want to do another one, but the thought of going on like a six hour bike ride is like so far removed from my head. Like I just can't right now. Um, and even doing a half, like thinking about doing a three, three hour bike ride. I'm like, I can't, I can't process that for a half fireman right now. I was training up until probably May thinking I was going to do a half Ironman this year. And I'm like, I need, I need some time just to take away, take a break from it this year. Um, but then I just have this really expensive bike and then it like tortures my soul that I'm not using it. (laughs) One of the the questions, Courtney, that I'm so often asked is like about the general nature of just time spent running. Like, I'm sure that you have been asked a million times over the years, like, how do you find the time? And and for me, my answer is just like, I make the time. I I go to bed early. I wake up early, whatever it is. I I don't also don't have kids. So I, I don't have the you know, the, well, I'm really having to wake up at like 3 a.m. or whatever to run. It's a passion for me. It's, it's obviously been a passion for you. And, and you throw in that yeah. your husband is doing a lot of these things as well. What was the, the planning process like given again that you guys are competing, not in just running or in, in biking or in swimming, but in all three at the same time? How did that work for you in just terms of like setting up a literal calendar for it all? Yeah, so I use Training Peaks. Um, I actually coached people for a while for triathlon and running and everything. And then I, I coached myself, but I use training peaks and I am like that person that if it's on my calendar, it's get, it's getting done. If it's a list, it's getting done. Like that's just my personality, right? My husband's not so much that way. He's kind of like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll move this calendar around. But like when we were both super in it, it was training peaks and following that religiously having that, you know, periodization plan. Um, and then we would just talk to each other the night before and just like, what do you have to do tomorrow? What is your plan tomorrow? Um, and just making sure we support each other that way. Um, I was lucky. My kids are about three and a half years apart. So, you know, Owen, not that I would leave my kids at home, but I took my kids on runs all the time when they were little and they loved it. Um, I would say, Hey, we're going to run to caribou. I'll get you a smoothie, put your headphones on. They listen to music. Like we made it work. Um, I remember a lot of times after a long bike ride, I would, my husband, we'd switch off. He'd be waiting at the door with the burly with my kids in it, um, ready to go. And then he would go on his bike ride. Like I get up, you know, at, five o'clock, go for my three hour bike ride. I'm home by eight. Then I'd have to get my brick in, which is, you know, running off the bike. 
And he'd be sitting out there ready with the burly and the kids would be like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, some of th- those are good memories. They don't remember it at all because they were one and four, right? But I do. And it was, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a fun, it was a crazy time and we were all exhausted, but it was also a fun time, like thinking how we made it work. Do, yeah, do they so, ask about it? Do your kids ask I about think, it? Like all these years oh, later, like wondering about like just that crazy time in your lives. You know, they, they're so, they're funny. They came to Kona with us and I have, I mean, Keaton was three, um, three years old and he was so young. He heart, he kind of reminded, he remembers getting lost in the underwear run. That's what he remembers. Cause there's like, it's called the underwear run where everyone like, Women, you know, they wear their tank tops and shorts, but men wear their underwear. It's called the underwear run, what everybody does. And he remembers that because he remembers getting lost and we couldn't find him. Oh. <laughs> and, um, but they, they have good memories of it. But like, there's, they're funny. They, we would take them on almost all the races, but triathlon's a hard, hard sport to spectate right? You see them out of the water, but then people are gone for, especially on a longer race for three to six hours on the bike. So you have to position yourself where you think they're going to be on the bike. Um, but they would be out there on the run. They have good memories of mom running and competing. They know like mom's, mom's a good athlete, right? Like I'm just a very, I'm not somebody that posts a lot and puts it out there on Facebook. And, um, that's just not me. I have never really said, Hey, I want to race this weekend. Like my husband will maybe do that for me, but we're both just like, I don't know. It's just not me. I'm not going to be someone that I guess toots my own horn or whatever that saying is. <laughs> like I, uh, is it, I don't even know if it's humbleness or just, I don't know. I just, I just go out and do it. And I don't need someone to give myself accolades, I guess. Like I've always been, like I said, I've always been an athlete and I always want to push myself and be, be good at something. So yeah, but my kids, they, they'll, I remember Keaton did tell his, um, no, Owen, my older one, Owen, when we went to Hawaii, is like, we're going because my mom's is doing the Ironman, the championships. And, <laughs> Like, like they, they thought I was going to win the thing. Like, we're go- I just remember them saying to me, like, are you going to win it? And I go, you guys, like, I'm going just to say, like, I did it, you know, like to win your age group or win that thing there. I'm like, these people are like really, really, really good. Like, just to say you qualified to go, we are going to enjoy this trip, right? Um but they're like, well, why aren't you going to win it? Like they just had this expectation. Well, why aren't you going to win? Like, that's dumb, mom. Like you should go and win that. I'm like, oh, you guys, <laughs> like, there's professionals there. There's like people who make thousands of dollars winning this race. So at that time, they, they had a funny, just uh, thought process of what their mom could do, I guess. So, but I, I, I wish they, you know, I, I wish they were a little bit older um, when we did go to Hawaii, just to remember, because that race is so hard. Um, you swim in the in the ocean without a wetsuit. Um, 
and it's salt water. So you have more buoyancy, but the bike, I remember I crashed on the bike. I didn't even think I was going to finish the race. And I remember because it's so windy, you come down and it's super windy and it's super hot. And I crashed. I remember coming down, um, down the hill and the wind just, they just have these huge wind gusts and you can't ride, um, certain wheels there because of the wind gusts. And I remember I fell off the bike and I scraped up my shoulder and like had all this, you know, road rash all over me. And I so pissed and I'm like, I'm finishing this freaking race. You know, like I have family here. My sister's here. My mom's here. My in-laws are here. And I finish it. I was not feeling good. And I remember going on the run and my husband was like, what happened to you? I'm like, it's fine. I'm fine. And, you know, and they, <laughs> my kids ran with me a little bit and it, you know, and then after that, I, I, it's that adrenaline and momentum that just takes you to the end. Um, so it was not a pretty race, but I got it done. And, but I do wish, yeah, I do wish they were a little bit older. I've always said, I want to go back. So the, the lead up to this, cause right now I, I'm in the, I'm in a long build towards Boston next year. I qualified, uh, in Chicago last oh, October. Yeah. And, and so I'll be running Boston next April. And so I have viewed kind of, you know, from that moment and, and especially at the end of 2022, I decided, okay, 2023 into 2024, I'm going to run two marathons before Boston. And I'm going to use each of those as kind of their, these bigger training blocks to, to get there. And so we all of course have that dream, right? Of I qualified for the big race. I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to have my best training in my life. And then hopefully my best race of my life. Yeah. Did you feel going into the Ironman that you were able to accomplish that with all of your training? And you mentioned some of the frustrations of that day and falling, but also saying, I'm not going to like, like let this beat me. I'm going to, I'm going to beat this race. What was the buildup? To, to that special, special day like for you? Yeah, like I felt I was super fit, like probably, you know, you know, I was in one, I don't, you know, I look back and because my husband just did one, you know, two months ago, we were pairing a lot our training together. Um, but it's funny because I probably, I probably look fitter and way less now than I did as an Ironman. And the reason for that is probably because like I was consuming so many calories um, just to maintain, like I was so hungry all the time. Um, and what I wanted sugar all the time. Like, you know, when you like are depleted, you just want cookies and you want yep. shit. Like <laughs> I would say I, uh, <laughs> like I probably am a little bit more, stronger, I would say now in my forties and I was in my thirties, just because I, I didn't have time to strength train. Like I was like swim on bike. Um, I look probably fitter now than I possibly could have when I was training for that. Um, and when I was what 32, yeah. For an Ironman, um, cause your body just changes over time too, but I was, you know, I, w I would say I was eating well, but like you get to a point with Ironman training where you just like want to be done. You just want to be done. You want to do the race. The training is the worst. Everyone says it. I would do the Ironman all over again. Never want to do the training ever again. Because um, you can have like 25 hour weeks where um, you're 
training 25 hours, it's a, it's a job. <laughs> it, it, it astonishes me that a lot of people, I knew a lot of people in my age group who came back every year, every year they did the Ironman. I'm maybe wired a little differently than some other triathletes. Like I'm a type A, but not super, super, super type A, if that makes sense at all. I, I, I guess for me, like I'm going to do the training cause it's on my calendar, but I am not, I'm not going to beat my body up every year just to say I went to Kona or did an Ironman every year. Like there's people who do it every year. <laughs> I'm like, no, like I have other things in my life that I want to enjoy. And I, I you know, I sacrificed a lot. I mean, a lot of times, you know, my, my neighborhood friends would be drinking at night and I'd be like, sorry, I got to go to bed at nine. Cause I have to wake up at five, you know? So I think <laughs> like I got to a point where I was like, Oh, I kind of want to enjoy my life a little bit more. And that's where I feel like this year I am doing that just because I'm just running. Right. Like I'm still biking. I stopped swimming maybe about four weeks ago and the thought of getting in a pool, like, ugh. I don't want to go do that. Like it takes so much time. I'll get back to it, but I'm like, this is this is going to be the summer of Courtney. Like I went out with my friends. I stayed up till midnight, and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to do that. So my aunt uh, on my on my dad's side, she's the one who connected us for this interview, and and I was yeah. talking to her earlier this week, and she said that she met you back in 1997, and that you were always she's always known you as a runner. And that you were always the one to get up early to run whenever there was a girls trip or something, everyone else would be sleeping in and, and not you. And, and it's, it's funny because I look at my life like pre 2020 and I look at it post 2020 and outside of one trip I went on last year, every other trip I'm like, okay, I got to make sure that, is there a trail around that I can go for a run on? Are we staying at a hotel with the, with the gym and, and all these questions. And, and I, it's so funny to think back to me in 2019 and earlier because I never would have been asking those questions. And now all, you know, we'll go, I'll go on a trip with the guys and they'll be like, so are you, are you running tomorrow? What, what are you doing tomorrow? And it's just funny how that so many things like that can change. And it sounds like you're really enjoying this time where you're like, I'm going to take a step back and have a little bit more fun. Yeah. Like I still work out every day. Like if I don't, I'm not the right person. I am not fun to be around. That's why. And my friends know that like, it's kind of funny when you go to college for those four years, those friends know you better than like your high school friends, right? Like yep. they're all like, just like, just let Courtney do her thing. Just let her go. Like we took a trip to Colorado last um, summer and it, there was like 10 of us, right? And they all know like Courtney's got to run or she is not going to be herself, you know? And I think that's the beauty of having great friends who understand you, Right. And I would say like my um, friends I've met as an adult, as with kids, they get it a little bit, but I think your friends in college, they just, they just know like what you need to do to, you know, but we did, I, I, I went, I ran every day in Colorado and then some of us went for, they're like, who wants to go for a hike? I'm like, I'll go for a hike. They're like, you just already ran. But I'm like, I, I, I'll go for, I want to, I want to hike too. Like running's not like what I need, like have to do. It's like what I need to do or exercise or that, like I need to do it. And now that I'm, you know, just running, I, I do just enjoy running and I'm, 
learning, like, I guess when I've always done a marathon, I've always trained for triathlon at the same time. And it probably had made me faster because I was doing races where I would push myself in those races, right? Um, And this year, though, like, I'm like, I need to run slow on the slow days. Instead of when I would be training for a triathlon, I would bike, right? But I would still bike pretty hard. So I think I'm hoping, like, I do well on a marathon because I'm actually just training for a marathon. I've never done that in the last... 12 years. Um, yeah. So running slow for me, I hate, but I need to teach my body to do it. Right. Like it's so, cause you're so pound. Like when I run, I hear myself and I'm like trying not to hear myself run. Cause like I run hard. Right. So like on those slow days, it's like, it's okay to run a nine minute mile. Like it's okay to do that because your body needs to do that. But I don't want anybody seeing me out around running a nine-minute mile. I think back to 2020, and and I've, I've said this to people a million times since then. It's like, hey, Josh, what what advice would you give me? I, I don't really like running, but I would love to fall in love with it like you. And my answer is always run slow. And that's what I did in 2020, and that's how I got yeah. into it. But I look back on the, me then, and then I was running 10-minute miles and that eventually now my slow miles are eight minutes. And so I feel like there's a little run slow. It's really, you know, you'll fall in love with it. But I also think, God, I would not want to do 10 minute miles again. That sounds really stressful. And just like, I, like I was thinking this week, you know, as, as I'm about to start entering uh, my marathon training cycle, I'll have some 20, 22 milers in there. And I was just doing the math of like, wow, 20 miles in 2020 versus 20 miles now. We're talking about the difference of like 40 minutes that I will be outside. And it's just, it's crazy. Uh, but, but it does, it does make a big difference because I just, I remember feeling better after some of those runs. I'd never felt so good after being outside for over three hours before it was, it was night and day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I'm, I've always, it's funny ever since I was like 20 years old, I'm just like eight minute mile, eight minute mile, eight minute mile. Like even at 44, I'm like, I'm going for um, a seven and a half mile run. I'll be back in an hour. Like, yep. like, and so I have to like, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little wiser. Like it's so, you know, you can run, run slow on those days. It tells you to run slow. Right. So for, but for me, yeah, I, I have this like thought in my head, like I need to be back by, you know, in an hour, I'm going to run seven and a half miles. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a, it's a funny process that runners think in their head. Yeah. Uh, earlier you were talking about when you were training, um, and, and like the, the amount of calories you were intaking, what was it like figuring out the, like fueling, whether it's away from the, from a, a, a training session, whether it's just, you know, lunch, breakfast, dinner, that type of situation versus actually going out there, on the trail, like so for example, um, this episode will be released the day before. Uh, I have a new sister-in-law, and she has gotten into biking this year. And we talked. Yeah. We spent probably like a half hour at at my other brother's wedding back in April talking about fueling. And so I was giving her some of my recommendations, but I mean, a lot of it just came down to, of course, trial and error. It, it seems like it'd be a lot different in a mm-hmm. triathlon. It it almost seems like that would be maybe a little bit more towards what people in the trail or ultra community are doing, trying to get actual food 
in their systems. What was that process like as you tried to figure out what sits well versus what doesn't sit well? Yeah. So for a half Ironman, a lot of the times I would, it's very different from a full, like half Ironman, I would try and say, okay, I'm going to get through, um, at least three bottles on the bike. And my thought in my head was like, go to the bathroom one time. You'd need to be able like that needs to happen. Um, and then I would try and eat a certain, I'd, I know the number of calories, like I would, So I would take the whole total number of calories I need for the race and take that for the bike and the run because I always always have a gel right before the swim. Then on the bike, immediately, I'm having like a bonk bar. And um, I think it was like 200 calories. I don't remember anymore. So certain number, I have it like written down somewhere, but it was certain number of calories per hour that I needed to consume. And I always knew I was going to be on the bike for about two and a half hours for a 56 mile bike ride. And I had to have consume all those calories on that bike before I got off. And then on the run, I always knew I was going to take a gel right when I got on the run. Um, Then at least 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes into it, I would take another gel. And then if I needed it, another gel and hopefully make it to the finish line (laughs) from having three gels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you, there's a Google um, sheet that I had and I just entered in the number of calories that I needed, but for the Ironman, it's really different. I played around a lot. So I would have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't know if you know those Uncrustables, like uh-huh. I consumed, I don't know, I would eat those on the, on the Ironman and I'd go back and forth between an Uncrustable and like a Bonk Bar. Um, and again, I would, you know, have the beet juice. I made like an Ironman cocktail. It was like beet juice, branch chain amino acids, and um, I don't know what else, maybe like there's something else I put. Oh, Carbo Pro, because Carbo Pro has a lot of calories in it. And so that was that was a number of calories I needed too in a water bottle. I included that in the number of calories I would have on a bike because CarboPro has a lot of calories in it. But yeah, Uncrustables, I never wanted to see an Uncrustable. I haven't eaten one in 10 years because <laughs> I, I ate so many on that bike for Ironman. Like, oh, oh, but they were so, they were so easy to like, they had just the um, exact number of calories that I needed for that moment. And so it was super easy. And I remember I would open a package and some of it would get so warm. It would like crystallize a little. <laughs> like it was like, oh, it was so gross. I don't, yeah, I haven't eaten a crust, Uncrustable in 10 years. So yeah, but yeah, probably, same thing as probably Ultra. Probably for the best. You know, yeah, no, it's so bad for you too. <laughs> I would try and find ones with like wheat, wheat bread. Uh-uh, <laughs> not, not around. Try but to be a little healthier with them. It doesn't even matter though. Like, I mean, it matters, but on the Ironman, your focus is to eat. On that bike, your focus is to bike, but you eat. Like that is the whole purpose because you will fall apart on the run if you don't get it in. So, yeah, it's a, it's kind of like, again, it's like, it's a game. Like I knew how many calories I needed and then I would, um, write it out on a sheet of paper and add it up. And then I say, okay. Cause like you have a, 
it's like a bento box on your bike and you would just stuff, stuff it all in there, stuff it in your, your sh- short stuff it in your tri suit. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I look back and I was like, wow, it, there's so much planning to it. That's, that's the key to, you know, a marathon there's, there's planning. You can kind of get away with some things. Um, but if you, you know, if you're, if you're good enough, like as a runner, you're like, Oh gosh, I just missed a gel, but like not in an Ironman, like you have to be very, uh, strict on what you, what you eat and how you plan out that day. And I mean, if you have a flat, what are you going to do? Are you going to change it? Are you going to swap it out? Like I, that was like, you know, that's a huge fear, especially when I was trying to make it to Kona. I was like, gosh, what if I have a great bike and, and then you have a flat, am I going to change? Um, I also remember on the run, I had an extra pair of shoes that, um, I put in like, there's, um, certain areas that, you can change shoes if you want just to like give your feet a different feeling. Right. Um, I remember I did that. Yeah. There's a lot of extra little things that you can, you can do in a, in an Ironman. I remember just having a wet washcloth and just wiping my face and thinking to myself in a marathon, it is not a marathon. It's 26, one miles, right? I get to the next stop, mile stop. I get to the next mile stop. (laughs) And so that's how I chalked it off in my head, like 26, one miles. So yeah, you play, you play some games with yourself out there. And I kind of do that now with, with the marathon a little bit, but I, I have a friend who, who I run with every now and then she's, she's a, she's an amazing runner. She's trying to go for sub three. She's been pretty close. And I'm, she, you know, I'm always, when I'm out there running, she's like, Hey, do you want to run? Um, next weekend I'm going to do, you know, 16 miles, but like, you know, six miles at marathon pace. I'm like, I am not doing your marathon pace. (laughs) I'm I'm a lot older than you. Uh, You're, you're like six years younger than me. There's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with that. Like, but I will, I'll do the six miles and then you go do your six miles. But we, we run a lot together and, um, we stash things out and about. So it's kind of fun to get to that little, that little spot. So you have that little, that reprieve a little bit. So, yeah, but it's, it's, um, you know, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, Oh, I kind of do miss it. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think triathletes and especially Ironman people have a a different mindset a little bit. So, yeah. Speaking of the mindset. So like, I I think back to, you know, the way that I have kind of done those tricks on my brain when I'm running and, and the way I've always described it to people is, uh, I always broke things up into three mile increments when I was having a really bad run or a tough run or a tough oh, race yeah. because for me three miles was always like the distance no matter how out of shape I felt or no matter how little I had ran in recent days or weeks or months or even years three miles was always like okay I can go out and I can do three miles and so I always did it like that marathons basically three miles and then you just do it nine times over how how much yeah. I guess or how did you have to break up a triathlon 
into those little bite-sized pieces? Because there has to be a level of mental toughness that someone has. I mean, first of all, the training alone, you mentioned the number of hours you spent every week training. And then you think of the race itself and that you're going as hard as you can for each of those increments. Like what, what was that, the mental toughness component like for you as you think back to those years? You know, I think a lot of it was, you know, so I've done three Ironmans and a handful of halves. And my thought was, I don't want to see, I don't want my kids to see me walking when they were there. Right. Like I would, I, I just didn't want them to see me. I don't know if it sounds kind of strange, but I didn't want this, them to see me suffering, right? Like mom is fine. <laughs> and, um, and so I didn't, yeah. And then I wanted to make, make it to a point where if I needed to walk, I got to a point where I knew they would be at. And then I would walk and hug them for a little bit. And then I would get on to the next water stop where I would take in all my nutrition, walk for a little bit, go to the next one. And and then you would say to yourself, I am not walking for three miles. No way. I am not doing it. You know? Um, so yeah, that was, I think that part of it, because especially like just having your kids out there, I think is super, super important. And maybe why I've kind of lost a little bit of the drive of triathlons because my kids have gotten older. They're 13 and 16. They don't want to come see their mom race anymore. Like they've done that, but (laughs) they've, you know, they're supportive, but like triathlons start at like eight in the morning, they're sleeping. And I'm like done by the time they get out of bed. Um, So last year I did, I, I did a half Ironman at Madison, Wisconsin, and I won my age group. I, I, you know, I, I did great. Like for myself, I didn't train as much as I thought I should have. I was, I was going in there thinking, um, I was going to do okay. I think I was top four out of everybody. Um, and that's including like people in their, I, you know, I, people in their twenties and thirties and here, you know, I'm, I'm 44 and I'm still placing well. Right. Um, and so I was, I was proud of myself and like my boys are really proud, but I, they didn't come and watch me. My husband and I just went and like, literally we got up, I drove down Saturday. We spent the night. I came home Sunday. Like, that's just how I roll. I didn't want to miss any of their stuff. Um, but like, they're like, but why didn't you win mom? And I'm like, guys, (laughs) again, we're dealing with this. Why didn't I win situation? Yes. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not 10 years younger anymore. Like, I'm like, why don't you guys come watch me? Like, Oh, well, uh." I'm like, yeah. So it would, it would be nice. I need to remember to say, Hey, you guys, it would be nice if you would come and watch. Cause it, it means so much to see them out there. That's my inspiration. Yeah. What's it like training in in, uh, Minnesota? Well, this morning was amazing. It was like 55 degrees when I went out at like 6.30. But it's been, we've had some pretty hot conditions. Um, Yeah, it's been pretty warm, but now now it's great. I mean, I'm going to do the marathon in October and it's the Twin Cities Marathon. 
And it is absolutely beautiful. All the leaves are changing and they, they even say it's like the most beautiful marathon. I mean, Minnesota, Minneapolis, like, and just running through St. Paul, it is, it is gorgeous. We have, we have, well, we will have amazing weather in October. So it's like the first weekend in October, but building up to it, like August will be hot. September will be hot. Um, yeah, it will, it'll be good though. I, I love, I love that, that marathon. It's, it's beautiful. I personally like it a little hot. Like if it was like seventies, I'd be like, bring it. I love that. Um, the warmer, the better. I do not mind the heat. I like the heat. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Um, I feel like I don't suffer as much as others do in the heat. I enjoy the heat. So yeah, I take that back. So, um, I did, I didn't do, well, I did the virtual Boston marathon. So I qualified Boston. I think it was when I was 40 and that would have been my best time, which is not like something to really crazy brag about, but 318, I was happy with that. Um, I'm hoping to get back to that. But I remember my friend and I, we did the, I think was it two years ago where they, do you remember when they did the virtual Boston marathon? Uh Did you do that? I didn't, but I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend and I, I remember we got up that morning. We're like, you know what? We're going to go do this because she was one of my training partners for the um, Twin Cities Marathon in 2019. And we did the virtual Boston Marathon. And actually like running 26 miles and we would, we stopped at the gas station. We got food. Like that was probably one of the, like the most enjoyable marathons I would say I've ever had. (laughs) There was no time limit that uh, we put on ourselves. We ran to my sister's house. We got water. We ran to the gas station. We got caught. We went to Caribou. We got coffee. I'm like, you know what? They should have more, more marathons (laughs) where you can like stop your watch. (laughs) And and, and, yeah, I was like, this is, this, this wouldn't be so bad. you used to write about running on a, on a blog spot page. Do you still, do you still write about it? Whether it's for like your own personal journal or keeping a training log, is that something that, that you still do? I don't. Yeah. I used to blog. So again, back in, um, 2010, when I started, you know, with triathlon and everything, 2009, 2010, again, it was, it was competitive. It was popular. I got endorsements, right. Um, and that was kind of the thing that I, that I would do. Um, yeah, I haven't blogged on it in a long time. I, I kind of put that to the side when, when triathlon took like kind of a spin, I think in like 2015, 16 kind of died down a little bit. I think, I think you'll see that spike back up, but I think you saw it go down because, you know, you saw the things like Tough Mudder come out, the other like ultra endurance type stuff come about. Um, and it's an expensive sport, right? Like a lot until they're in their thirties, just because to, af- and to be, you know, to afford a bike, to afford um, the equipment on a bike, um, the swimming, everything, you got to get a swim membership. Um, so I think that, you know, when triathlon kind of took a little dip down, I think we'll see it spike back up. But when it did, that's kind of when I stopped blogging and everything about it. Yeah. And 
My husband's on Strava. My friends always tell me, you should do Strava. And I'm like, I don't want people to know what I'm running. I'll be embarrassed sometimes. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of this summer, as I was going through a bit of a swoon, my, my recovery for, for uh, after, my, after the Lincoln Marathon took a little bit longer than I was hoping for. And it was the first time I would say, because I've been on Strava since 2020, that I felt like, Man, yeah. my times are just not my... And mainly, it wasn't so much my times, it was my heart rate. I'm like, man, my heart rate right oh, now is yeah. not looking good compared to a lot of my friends. And and it was th- this first real moment of like, man, maybe I'll just hide it for a couple of these runs so nobody sees <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I thought about getting up. But I'm like... I don't, I don't want people to know like how slow I was this morning. Like, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I use training peaks. I use that. That's kind of, that's kind of my thing. I'm a little, I, I'll check that out for myself, but yeah, I think it, I think it's a great tool to, to see, um, you know, to use as well and, and, and challenge yourself like, oh, my buddy ran up this hill that at this meet. I'm going to, I'm going to try and do that, you, you know? So what's your favorite part about running? Oh, uh, I love the feeling after the done, when you're done with it. Um, but I also think that when you're having such a good run and it feels so effortless and your heart rate is just at that nice steady pace where you know you're fit right? Where you're like, man, this, this feels, this pace that I'm supposed to run feels so efficient and good to me. So so I think that, um, I think that's the best. Yeah. I had a, I had a doctor's appointment. So I had some hip stuff going on right at 2020, right when COVID hit. And I went to a doctor and I'm like, my hip hurts, like all these things. And she told me I had degenerative disc, right? And, you know, I shouldn't run, I shouldn't run anything over 10 K. And I'm like looking at her, like, uh, do you know who you're talking? Like I came home and I was so pissed and I, you know, cause I just went to a doctor. I was like, I got to get this checked out. This hurts. It's hurt long enough. I'm just going to go figure it out. And my husband's like, Oh, Courtney. He's like, I had a doctor tell me 15 years ago, I should never run again. And I'm like, who are these? Why are these doctors telling people they shouldn't run? You know? And so I called my acupuncturist and I called my, you know, I called my, um, chiropractor and they're like, my acupuncture, I do. I love acupuncture. He's like, I'll clean that up. That'll, you'll be fine. And cause I was devastated. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's telling me I should not run more than six miles. Like I want to run marathons. I want to, you know? And then my chiropractor was saying, Oh my gosh, everybody has degenerative disc. Like it's a thing. You might have a little <laughs> bit more. It's <laughs> like that, you know, so that made me feel better. They're like, you know, you can maintain it. It's not gonna ruin your life. It might you might feel things a little bit more, but ever after since that, yes, I feel a little like I am, you know, my hips hurt a little bit. Like after my 10 miles this morning, I was like, Oh, I feel a little icky, but it's also because maybe because I've ran every day for the last eight days and I need a day off. Right. So listening to your body a little bit more, but yeah, I, I remember coming back from that doctor appointment. I was like thinking to myself, she is insane. Are you like, 
And that's why I would recommend if people are going to like go see a doctor, like I need to make sure to go to a doctor that also runs, right? Because they get it. They understand your thought process, your mentality. Like you're telling me I can't run. What? Like that will not happen. I'm a runner, right? So yeah. So I finish every podcast by asking my guest about what they are chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something. Uh, it could just be a feeling. Courtney Haig, what are you chasing? I want to get back to Boston. I want to take my kid. I want to, he, he's going to be a senior that year. I want to take him. I want him to cheer for me. I want him to be at the finish line. And then I want to show him Boston. And 2025, I want to be in Boston and have a great run. <laughs> I think I can qualify. That's not the problem. I want to, yeah. So I want to qualify at Twin Cities and take Owen to Boston. That's my goal. That's what I'm chasing. Courtney Haig, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Oh, thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Thanks again to Courtney Haig for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me, including my weekly newsletter, as I write about my experience training for the 2024 Boston Marathon. You can also email me at chasing3hours at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend. Chasing 3 Hours.